This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You are listening to the Next Best Picture podcast, and these are Nadia Dalamonte's interviews with the writer and director for Fitting In, Molly McGlynn, and the film stars Maddie Ziegler and Emily Hampshire. I love you, Lindy. I love you, too. Really? Yeah. Are you on birth control? No. Let's fix that. Can I ask you something? Sure. I saw a pad in the garbage. It's not. No, I, I cut myself shaving. Weren't you the one telling me you didn't get yours until you were like 17? I'm sure it's fine. Do you want to go see a gynecologist? Lindy appears to have MRKH syndrome. What do you mean, appears? All of this is missing. Hi, Maddie. Hi, Hi Emily. Hi. Hi, I'm Nadia from Next Best Picture. Nice to meet you. How nice are you doing today? Good, good, good. Well, thank you both for taking the time to chat with me. I'm so excited to speak with both of you about this film fitting in. Congratulations on how how wonderful it is. I've seen it twice already. Oh, wow. Yeah, I, I love that it gives the middle finger to not being perfect enough, yeah. you know, <laughs> and it really tackles this side of women's health that I feel is not often seen on screen. So I think the story will really resonate with a lot of people. So I wanted to start by asking the both of you, how did this project come to you and what made you feel like you had to say, yes, I want to be a part of it? Hmm. Well, for me, I uh, I got sent the script and um, I I knew that it was Molly's personal story and I just loved how it was told with such humor. Um, I remember the thing that really got me was when Lindy's character is is looking for other people who have MRKH and the only person she could find is Hitler's wife. Like that I was right away yeah. in. Um, and then I met Molly and, and found out that Rita, the character I play is based on her mother. And um, Molly was just so open and somebody I just knew I wanted to work with. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I as well got the script sent to me. And then after I read it, I immediately was like I don't I need to do everything I can to be in this film and then I met Molly and I instantly felt so connected to her and wanted to just protect her and her story and so grateful that I was given the opportunity to do that um and and I know she'd been wanting to obviously put out this story for a very long time but it was very scary and vulnerable to do so and so uh feel lucky that she gave us the opportunity to tell it for her and um yeah I believe she knew it was Maddie when they met and you came with wet hair and undone shoes. Yeah. Which is like, I heard someone say that 
um, the other day that Molly was like, oh, I don't know if Maddie, like something about me looking like online, I looked too like put together or something. But then when she saw who I actually was like day to day, she was like, oh, okay. Yeah. She's perfect for the role. So mm -hmm. I'm very lucky that I showed up that day. With yeah, my hair yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Maybe she would have thought differently. Yeah. Well, so much of the film is about key relationships between women, whether it's a teenager and her best friend or a mother and daughter. And just listening to the, to the two of you together right now, you have such good chemistry and your relationship on screen felt so real and so lived in. How did you find that bond together to create that dynamic? I mean, I felt so instantly protective of Maddie. Um, I think most people who've watched her grow up, you know, in the in the spotlight do have this this feeling. And so it was an instant maternal feeling that I, I never feel like I am not a maternal person. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. But if I it, this was the first time where I was like, oh, I might want a kid, but I Aww. only want it to be mad. <laughs> and I only want it to come out at this stage. Yeah. Um you so, birthed 21. Yeah. <laughs> but it just it felt really easy um and natural to me. Yeah. I I was obviously hoping that we would have a good connection, but I think the day that we met, I, there was an instant spark between the two of us. And I think obviously even, I think it reflects on screen and off, but I think we were very much there for each other. And I don't know, I felt, I know this sounds very protective of you in a different way, like not a maternal way, but I just like wanted to feel like a good, obviously scene partner for you, but also just like a good daughter to you. <laughs> So yeah, <laughs> I do think that th this comes from Molly. Yeah, um, absolutely. From somebody who has put their vulnerability out there, their like complete raw story, mm -hmm. and um, and she brought us together at her house, and mm -hmm. we just like hung out. And I don't even like to hang out. I don't like leaving my house. <laughs> Same. But I did, and it was just everybody was just real yeah I agree and and that made it easy yeah yeah and you can definitely feel that vulnerability throughout the story especially the more dramatic scenes I mean you both have such powerful monologues at some point in the film like mm -hmm. when Lindy questions you know how do I grieve something that I've never really had in the first place and when Rita has these heart-to-hearts mm -hmm. with with her daughter on screen when you get when you get uh, come across those scenes in the script those big scenes, does it feel daunting? Do you feel like there's an extra weight on your shoulders or, or is it just like every, you know, a part of the journey? I find those scenes very daunting. I, mm -hmm. I see a page like that and I instantly break out in hives. Yeah. Um, <laughs> because a lot of the time I feel like without even reading it, I feel like it's already too much that people don't speak in monologues, mm -hmm. but then you realize yeah. when it's well-written, we do. Mm -hmm. And it's not a monologue, it's responding to things mm -hmm. that are in your head that you're assuming the other person's mm -hmm. thinking. Mm -hmm. And so too, when it's well-written, it's great. Yeah. Um, and so it was nice that, and also Molly really allowed, at least for me in that scene, I, um, I really, it was an important moment between mother and daughter and, and what Rita was saying about her body and imparting it to, to Lindy. So we talked a lot about it and, and worked on it a bunch. Um, but 
your scene at the end of the movie still mm-hmm. every time I see that I ball my eyes out oh, so. that's so sweet thank you it's so interesting to hear you say that about the whole monologue situation because it's so true it is like we're just like especially our characters are just like venting in that moment like yeah. it we got to the point where you like have to just share how you've been feeling mm-hmm. and they're both so such important moments but uh yeah it's definitely scary to do something like that and I've never done that before on screen so uh, it was definitely nerve wracking, but uh, I feel I feel very lucky that it was such a safe space. And even that scene I did with Juliet, she was just like such a good listener in that moment. That makes such a difference. Oh my gosh! Like she was so invested with me and so there with me. And I think in our scene too, we were just like so in it with each yeah. other that it makes it so. so yeah, because the worst experience of a monologue oh. is when the other person is like already wanting to be home yeah like they're not giving you anything because then even in life i can't continue talking if the person is not this a hundred percent you're like oh they're topped out great i'm gonna stop yes yes so that's great Mm -hmm. yeah and it sounds like molly really fostered this this trusting Mm -hmm. environment i had a chance to speak with her last week and she mentioned how wonderful it was to work with the two of you so Going forward in your careers, is there anything that you learned from Molly that you'll take with you to the next the next project? I hope to work with more people like Molly, uh, just because of how caring she is of of her actors and of how how incredibly open and and, and fun the environment was. It's despite obviously there being a lot of heavy heavy material, it was like so fun. I was so happy to go to set every day uh mm-hmm. and I hope to be on more sets like that because there are definitely instances where you're like not super into it or you don't love who you're working with but I every day was like so excited to go to work and I hope to continue that sort of environment what I remember you just reminded me of something that I was so in awe of Molly about was Molly cared about Maddie, about you, more than she did about that moment in the scene that you were doing. Like, she really cared about if if your mental health and your everything, because it was hard stuff to do. And the director be really concerned about their actor being okay to do these, to go this far. was so special for me to see since I've been an actor since I was like 11 and to my experience has always been like oh you're sick here's a bucket yeah or um like he, and then you feel like you've got to be a trooper and being a trooper yeah. means you're freezing your toes off here yeah um and to see Molly care that much um just about her cast as humans mm-hmm. and she's continued that way even after the film yeah. like she'll sometimes yeah. reach out to me in moments where I'm like oh you care about me yeah oh, like does. a person yeah. and I just uh, I want aspire to be as good a person as she is absolutely that's that's really lovely to hear and you definitely get that sense on screen of that camaraderie mm-hmm. and just as we wrap up here I wish I could spend more time with you but um as we wrap here uh you're both making such really cool choices in your careers and we at next Pic- best picture want to know if you can tell us what are you working on next oh if go? you can tell us <laughs> i don't i don't know what i'm allowed to say but 
I am working on something that I'm producing. So I'm very excited. Okay. That's exciting. Which is which will be my first time doing that. And to be so young and to be a woman doing that is just really cool. So I'm excited. That's awesome. That's great. That's so cool. Yeah, I've been um I'm working on something I'm writing. I'm um doing a remake of this old show called Mary Hartman, Mary Hartman. And um I've been working on that. It takes a while, by the way, producing, writing. I'm so used to being cast in something and like mm-hmm. you have to go. And yeah. the development process is so long. Um, but it's really rewarding in a way I never expected that's amazing amazing well i cannot wait to see what both of you do next i'm such a big fan of both of your work and congratulations again on this beautiful film i hope that more and more people get to see it it's so powerful and thank you both so so much for your time thank you you're so sweet thank you so much there's like some stuff i've been meaning to talk to you about what is it i just need some time to work on myself the vagina really is just an amazing muscle. So just think of this like training, right? Bob's your unky. <laughs> I'm Jax. Nice to meet you. Don't you wait. You're all so randomly hot and you don't even maximize it. That cardio looks really good on you. Thanks. I'm starting to get the vibes that you don't like me. I just want you to feel like a normal teenage girl. I'm not normal. You're still you. And I think you're pretty perfect just the way you are. This has been the worst few months of my life because I was embarrassed what people would think. I love all of you exactly as you are. Being 16 is just bloody hell, isn't it? Yeah. Thank you so, so much for taking the time to chat with me today. I wanted to really dive into this beautiful film fitting in. I've seen it twice already. And it's... Oh, wow. Yeah. (laughs) And I'm planning to see the third time as well. I really want to show my partner this too. So it's it's this really wonderful coming-of-age story that is really open in tackling these big subjects of women's health and teenage sexuality and really embracing the journey of, of self-acceptance in womanhood. And yeah. that just, that just really touched my heart there. I, I was, I was very moved by the story that you were telling here. Hello, and welcome to Novel Conversations, a podcast about the world's greatest stories. I'm your host, Frank Lavallo. And for each episode of Novel Conversations, I talk to two readers about one book. And together, we summarize the story for you. We introduce you to the characters, we tell you what happens to them, and we read from the book along the way. So if you love hearing a good story, you're in the right place. Our ninth season is coming this fall. Tune in to hear from some of the all-time great authors, Charles Dickens, Jules Verne, F. Scott Fitzgerald, and more. Subscribe to Novel Conversations wherever you listen to podcasts. Thank you so much. That that means a lot. Yeah, and I read that uh, Molly that this film is based on your experience with MRKH syndrome, which is what the protagonist is is diagnosed in the film. And there is a specificity to the story, and at the same time, it exists in these very interesting 
gray areas of a teenage girl's discovery. And the storytelling is so wonderfully conversational. So I wanted to know what was your initial discovery of wanting to make this film and how did that process kind of come about? Yeah. Um, you know, I do think the, the best stories are, are ones rooted in specificity. I think, uh, Boonwell originally said something along the lines of the specificity of the artist creates the universality of the story. I, you know, knew in my gut that I would always have to tell this story because I think being a filmmaker and having this experience in the world, it's it's a unique um, opportunity to tell a story that hasn't been told before. But at the same time, um, you know, because it is deeply personal, uh, it is very raw and scary to put out into the world. So I made my first feature called Mary Goes Round that came out in 2017. And um, that was a way for me to get my sea legs about me making a feature. And I really wanted to sort of be as strong as I could be approaching this story because I knew it was going to be a lot harder. So yeah, after that film came out, um, I just felt ready to do this. Um, But, you know, I'm not going to lie. There's been moments along the way. Like, I think I remember having a moment when the film was finished and then it sort of hit me that people were going to have to see it. And it was like a, oh shit moment um, because I was sort of making it in the void. And then it was wrapping my head around having to expose myself in this way. And especially, um, you know, for a second feature, when people tend to look more critically at a filmmaker's work and then combining it with something so raw and personal was, uh, it was a bit scary, but at the same time, unless I'm a little daunted by a project, either emotionally or creatively, um, I'm not interested in doing it. Yeah. And it, it, it really has that, that personal staying power. And I think it's a topic that a lot of people can learn about and understand more from, from watching, from watching this film. It was there a particular part of the story that you found that was most, most crucial for you to see reflected in the film? So many moments, but I think, um, you know, showing the experience of being a young woman, especially one with MRKH in the medical space and in a gynecologist's office was really important to me to show um, how deeply vulnerable and traumatic it can be if mishandled. Um, I also felt strongly about showing the experience of what it's like to use dilators, um, which, you know, is not a, for the most part, I'll speak for myself, is not a pleasurable or sexual experience at all. And to really show the emotional pain and impact that that process has. And it was really important to me to never overly sexualize anything in this film. It was always about the emotional impact of sex or uh, dilating or what it's like to have a pelvic exam and have a room full of residents watching. Um, it's a physically, these are physically exposing contexts, but for me, it was always about the emotion behind it. Yeah. And speaking to that, that scene of, of the pelvic exam, that was so, it was such a powerful scene. And part of that is also through such a brilliant performance by Maddie Ziegler as Lindy. 
she has yeah. oh my goodness so much intensity in the screen presence and just her eyes alone can tell a story and there's so many great examples that that are testament to that could you talk about your experience of of really working closely alongside her and bringing Wendy's journey to the screen with her yeah um it's funny I still get emotional talking about Maddie because um you know she has been such a gift in my life in her ability to carry this role so beautifully. And, you know, we didn't know each other prior to this. So it, it's mm-hmm. a big ask to, to give this to someone you just met. But the second I met her, she was so filled with depth and this quiet gravitas that was really unexpected. I think, you know, people say old soul a lot, but she's had an unusual life. Um, She communicates so much through her eyes. And I think her experience uh, primarily as a dancer was perfect because when you watch videos of her dancing, I mean, she's explosive um, and Mm -hmm. she's not saying a word. So I knew that her ability to convey emotion in these really physically vulnerable and nuanced scenes would come through. And I remember one scene in particular, um, you know, having to walk through an actor, what dilating feels like and all of that. And I said something to her, like, even though you may not have had this experience, think about all the ways you've pushed yourself physically in dance. Um, and when you felt like your body wasn't doing what you wanted it to, and the next take just absolutely nailed it. Like she and I, um, we've just got like a a kindred spirit connection. That's so great to hear. And I I can really feel that through the screen as well. It feels like such a beautiful, beautiful collaboration and and the physicality of her performance is astounding as well. And it made me think about all the actors that she's working alongside with too. Everyone's relationship feels so organic and the chemistry is so strong, especially with the characters of Jax and Adam and Vivian. And it was so interesting to see how, what each character brought out of, out of Lindy at any given moment in time. So, and the cast is just full of these exciting discoveries. So what was it like to work with all of these great actors and watch these collaborations unfold between them? I mean, I I felt like it was an embarrassment of riches in terms of their talent. Um, You know, Defera Wunatai has really had a breakout moment with uh, the show Reservation Dogs. And um, he's he's just someone I uh, discovered through watching that show who I think is going to be an enormous talent. Emily Hampshire, who plays... uh, Rita, Lindy's mom in the film, is, uh, you know, a comedic comedic legend, best known yeah. for Schitt's Creek. But I love casting uh, comedic actors in more dramatic roles. I mean, I think people who understand comedy understand tragedy. Um, yeah. And yeah. Her, her energy is so different from Maddie's that I knew instinctually they were be that mother-daughter friction inherently because they're so different. Um, and then Juliet Amara, who plays her best friend, I found her directing uh, an Apple show called The Big Door Prize. Um, and Jax, the character played by Kai Griffin, um, it's an intersex actor from the UK. And I felt 
very strongly that that character be played by an intersex actor. Um, and it, it wasn't easy to find and um, found Kai on Instagram. And that character had to have just like a sexy swagger factor. Like no yeah. matter who you are, you're just like, this person is it. Like they have something that I want. And Kai had it. I was like, they're just cool and have swag. So, you know, you kind of just go on your instincts and you hope that the assembly works. Um, and it did. And I, as much as I can like to spend a little bit of time with actors in and around shooting just to, you know, jump, we went on canoes and we went swimming and we had barbecues. Um, so I think you can just like feel that comfort with each other. Yeah, that that was uh, that was just amazing to watch all of them work so well together. And it, in watching this film, it, it really struck a chord about how so many people turn to to films to feel seen. That when we're going through something so specific, we want to feel comfortable and know that we're not alone and be who we are, however we choose to define ourselves. So, how does it feel to have fitting in coming out soon and and being able to share this story with the world and hear people's perspectives. You know, on one hand, I feel a little bit relieved that it's going to be out in the world. It's like my little film baby, um, ready for the kid to move out of the house and go to college and have its own life in the world. So definitely relieved. Um, I'm really excited for uh, people with MRKH and intersex people to see this film and some of the most touching experiences and sharing this film um, up until this point at various film festivals is people coming up to me who have tears in their eyes and they thank me for feeling seen and that's why I made the film you know it's not for critics it's not for money it is for someone who has never seen a version of themselves on screen to um to see themselves yeah, that, that's a really, really beautiful note. I know we're running out of time here, so I wanted to wrap by saying we here at Next Best Picture would love to know what's next for you, what's what's on the horizon, because I cannot wait to see to see what story you bring to the screen next. Well, I'm currently um, in prep on a Fox comedy called Animal Control. Um, I direct a lot of uh, television, and I just finished... Uh, what I hope is my next feature, which is sort of my attempt at a uh, like studio rom-com uh, set in Ireland. And, you know, I really oh, just wanted great. to, <laughs> yeah, I <laughs> really, really wanted to write something that felt fun and just not related to gynecological trauma, et cetera. So um you know, I'm hoping to get that out into the world and yeah, continue fighting for stories from perspectives we haven't seen before. That's great. Have you, I just wanted to ask as well, have you thought about horror, tapping into the horror genre? Because there were a lot of neat horror references throughout this movie. I yeah. love that the movie opened with Jennifer's body quote. That was great. And Carrie and Ginger Snap, so many great references there. Yeah, I mean, I I love film. Um, I absolutely adore uh, the horror genre. It's something I would love to do. I think there is so much, uh, you know, powerful storytelling you can tell through visual metaphor. So 
yeah, I, I had a few few nods to horror in this film. Um, one of my favorite horror films is uh, The Babadook. Um, yeah. And it's about, you know, I, I responded to it so strongly because it's about something. It's about like uh, maternal grief and rage. Um, so never say never. Well, that would be amazing to see. <laughs> I wish I could speak to you more, but uh, we're running out of time. So thank you so, so much, Molly, for taking the time to chat. Congratulations on this beautiful film. I can't wait for more people to see it and have a really, really lovely rest of the day. Oh, thank you so much. It was so nice talking to you. Hey, everyone. Thank you so much for listening to Nadia Dalamonte's interviews with the stars from the film Fitting In, Maddie Ziegler and Emily Hampshire and the film's writer and director, Molly McGlynn, here on the Next Best Picture podcast. Fitting In is currently playing in theaters from Blue Fox Entertainment. You have been listening to the Next Best Picture podcast. We are proud to be part of the Evergreen Podcast Network, and you can subscribe to us anywhere where you subscribe to podcasts. Be sure to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and let us know what you think of the show. We really appreciate your feedback and your support, which you can also lend on over at Patreon. For $1 minimum a month, you'll get some exclusive podcast content from us. Thank you all so much for listening, as always, and we will see you all next time. History is complicated. The story of human progress is long, messy, and riddled with controversies big and small. On Conflicted, we dive headfirst into history's most infamous events and contentious figures. We try and untangle the good from the bad, the fact from the fiction, and the monsters from the misunderstood. Was Genghis Khan a murderous butcher or a civic pioneer? Did the Allied powers go too far? in firebombing the German city of Dresden at the twilight of World War II? And how did the Marquis de Sade acquire such a sinister reputation? And was any of it true? These are just a few of the tough questions we wrestle with and investigate on Conflicted. So if you love history or just enjoy a good story, please join me, your host, Zach Cornwell, for a fascinating new topic each and every month. Conflicted, a history podcast is available on Spotify, Apple, or wherever else you get your podcasts. I hope to see you soon.